Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. You know it's strange, but true. The most important turning points of life often come at the most unexpected times and in the most unexpected ways. Most of us can easily identify that one moment in life where things were going in one direction and then out of nowhere, we intersect what we didn't anticipate. Yet, that can be a good thing because oftentimes we will only understand the miracle of life when we allow the unexpected to happen. Thankfully, Jesus understands this about us as he has done some crazy radical things to show us the crazy radical love of God. Let's take a look at the five craziest things Jesus did as we continue the upper journey. Great to see you guys today. You doing well? Love y'all. Love you guys. Online family, great to see y'all. Give them a big hand today, our online campus. Love all of these folks. So many wonderful people join us online. We want to say a special welcome to you. We are aware that you're here and glad that you're here with us. Look at this place full today. So glad to have each and every one of you. Saw some new faces this morning. Glad to have you guys. You jumped into a fun series. We're talking about crazy Jesus. Crazy Jesus. Some of you are like, what? What in the world could that possibly mean? Crazy Jesus. How many of you are aware? I want to see your hands. I want you to be honest. How many of you are aware that there's a crazy person in your family? Would you raise your hand up high? Keep them up for a minute. Now, all you people whose hands are not raised, it's you. (laughs) If you're not aware of a crazy person in your family, it very well might be you. Don't look at them right now. Don't say amen or anything like that right now. (laughs) Here's the deal. We know Jesus is not crazy. In fact, when we encounter a situation, when we think Jesus is crazy, it's an indication of somewhere in our lives that we might be a little crazy. I've learned this. God will not adjust himself to me. I've tried. I've asked him to. I've wanted him to rearrange the universe to fit my desires. Anybody other than me? Don't leave me hanging up here all alone. I've prayed in such a way saying, God, could you change all this? And could you just operate a little differently? It would make my life so much better if you would change. I haven't blatantly ever said that, but that's what was behind some of my prayers. I've come to learn this, folks. Whenever I think Jesus is crazy or he's doing something crazy, there's something in me that needs to change. There's something I need to learn that I didn't see properly before. So we're talking about crazy Jesus. Now, we talked about last week, we're going to do six weeks of this, crazy things that Jesus did. Last week, we talked about a blind man who Jesus met him, and before ever talking to him, Jesus spit on the ground, made a mud pie in the ground with spit, put it in the man's eyes, the blind man's eyes, told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The guy did, and he was healed. Crazy Jesus. Today, we're going to talk about when Jesus showed up at church and started flipping tables. When Jesus showed up at church, whoa, and started flipping tables over, what could that be all about? We're going to learn today, Matthew 21, Gospel of Matthew. When we say the Gospels, we're talking about the first four books of the New Testament that are essentially biographies of Jesus. Matthew wrote one of those, Matthew 21, 12 through 14. It says this, wonderful story about Jesus, crazy Jesus. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. 
He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, The scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. Then it says, The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. While Jesus was really angry. He's flipping tables. He's driving people out. If that had been in 2022, everybody would have had their phones up doing this. And it would have been on YouTube in 30 minutes is Jesus' public freakout compilation video. We would have seen it all over the internet. It would have been a meme. It would have been everything. Jesus is angry. And let me just say, if you're angry, you fit right in with this culture today. We're living in an angry world. And people are really ticked off at the least little things. Last Thursday, uh, my wife and I were driving home from church, and we stopped to get uh, something at the grocery store. And as we pulled in the grocery store, this guy cut in front of us and ran a stop sign in front of us. And I had to slam on brakes to keep from hitting him. And I behaved myself really well. I didn't do anything at all. And as he cut us off, he gave me the hello sign that says, you're number one. That's what that means, right? When people do that, that means you're number one and I love you, right? Is that it? Maybe not? Okay. Anyway, I got the sign and he just cut us off and just about made us wreck. And I promise I didn't do anything to him. And uh, I got this and I thought, wow, you're mad about something. Best thing you can do when somebody's like that is just go on about your business. Be happy in Jesus and just keep going. Don't make a scene out of things. Just go on. And that's what we did. Or else we might have been in the newspaper this week. <laughs> what an angry world we live in. And when you read about anger in the, in the scriptures, it's a bit of a sticky subject. It, it's, there's kind of a fine line to walk with anger. The Apostle Paul wrote about anger in Ephesians chapter 4. And he said this. I want to point you to this scripture. And then we're going to get back to the story. He said, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. That passage is so powerful. It's just full of meaning, and it tells me a couple of things. It tells me, first of all, I can be angry, and it's okay. But what I can't do is let anger begin to control me. Because when anger begins controlling us, it becomes a sin in my life. There are things worth being angry about, and there is righteous anger. And we're going to look at that because Jesus was righteously angry. So it's okay to be angry. But when anger starts making the decisions in your life or my life, the Bible calls that sin. You get out of control. You ever made a decision in anger? Nine times out of ten, decisions made in anger are really bad decisions. You throw that punch. You pull over in their lane and start road raging. Those videos are out there too. Angry decisions are often bad decisions. So, it's okay to be angry. There's some things going on in the world today you ought to be angry about. But when you let anger begin to control you, it becomes a sin. But here's what he said. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. In other words, I must resolve anger quickly or it becomes a foothold for the enemy in my life. So don't let the sun go down while you're angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Some of you think, devil. There is a real devil. 
There is real evil in this world today. And in the supernatural spiritual world, there is evil. What it says is this, when I let anger fester in my life, and I let anger stay in my life overnight and into the next day, and into the next day, when I let anger stay in my life, it becomes a foothold, a place where the devil can stand in my life. He can get a foot in my life so that he can mess with me. Do you know there is a real devil that's after you, that wants to mess with you, that wants to destroy your life? And he's going to come after you every way he can. Just get ready. People are going to give you the high sign. People are going to try to cancel you when you stand up for truth. Maybe coworkers will talk behind your back about you. All kind of things can happen. You've got an enemy who wants to come against your life all the time. He's trying to get in the middle of all your relationships and destroy those. Here's what I've learned. He's going to come after me anyway. I just don't need to give him a place from which he can mess with me. And if I let unresolved anger stay in my life, I've just given the enemy a place where he can turn me any way he can. You know the devil knows how to turn you. He knows with some of us it's lust. Someone can walk by and we, woo. You all acted like you had no idea what that even meant. <laughs> You're so innocent and precious. Just love y'all. Some of you, that's how the devil turns your life. Some of you, it's Greed. He knows that the God of your life is stuff rather than the God. Not trying to condemn you, I'm just saying that's the truth for some people. Some of us, it's anger. He knows if he can just get you stirred up enough, he can keep you going in the wrong direction and distract you from your real purpose and calling in God. The enemy wants to use anger to gain a place in our lives. We must resolve it quickly. Now, Jesus was angry. In this text, Jesus was obviously angry. By the time you're flipping tables and running people out of the church, you're angry. So there must be a place for righteous anger. I want to tell you two things about Jesus' anger. Number one, Jesus was angry for the right cause. He was angry for the right cause. This is what I love about Jesus. There's so much in his life he didn't get angry about. His best friend, one of his best friends, Judas, one of his disciples... I may just rearrange this series to do a message on this one. One of the craziest things Jesus ever did is he put a thief and a liar on his team. And I still don't understand that. But he left him there. You know, Jesus never manifested any kind of anger towards Judas. We don't see it. Jesus had people curse him. Jesus had people mock him. Jesus had people manipulate him. He had people doing everything. Eventually, I mean, Jesus had people kill him. That's never happened to you. I mean, while they're nailing him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive these people. They don't even understand what they're doing. It amazes me the things he didn't get angry about. But he did get angry for the right causes. See, the enemy wants our anger First of all, to be personal. He wants us to be angry at people. He wants it to be about me. You know when I tend to get angry? I get angry when my pride is insulted. Is it just me? When my pride is at stake, I can get angry. 
somebody does me wrong, I can get angry. Jesus' anger was never about him. You ever just run into a person that it's all about them? It's like this is them and this is supposed to be the world. Jesus wasn't that way. He wants your stand to be personal. Uh, he doesn't want your stand to What am I saying? Rewind. Jesus never made anger a personal thing. That it was about him or that it was directed at a person. Now I'm going to get in trouble with this. The enemy also wants to make your anger political. Yeah, you say the word and you're in trouble. Isn't it amazing how in our culture today you can just say a word and you're in trouble? The enemy wants us to be so political. He wants our stand to be along a party line. He wants us to align ourselves with one person or another person and take everything that person says as the gospel and then create an enemy over here that can never say anything right. You may not like this, but we need to hear more of this. Amen. Good job, preacher. I'm about to come out in the seats and amen myself if you guys don't start helping me here. And I can do it. I've done it before. Yes, I have. Here's the deal. I just want to tell you about politics. I believe passionately in what I believe in. And as I've said, if you want to take me out to breakfast, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> and it's cheap, too. Just buy me bacon, and I'll tell you everything I believe. <laughs> right. But I want you to understand, my stand for truth is not based on a political party. It's based on what this book says. And if a political party wants to align themselves with this book, they got me. If they leave this book, they don't got me. Sorry, grammarians. If they leave this book, I'm out. Jesus got angry when the kingdom of God was at stake. His stand was for the kingdom. You better believe, if you take stands for the kingdom... You'll tick some people off. They'll say you're being political. And it's okay. You stand up for what you believe in according to God's word and what it says. You don't have to apologize for it. You don't have to apologize. You don't have to be afraid. Now I'm going to say something on the other side too. All of you ready to cheer now. There are some people out there politically that I agree with them, that I agree with them in principle, but I disagree with their attitude. Can I get an amen? The Bible says, speak truth in love. Truth in love means I can be courageous and I can be unflinching in my stand for what's right, but I've also got to love the people that I'm talking to. Amen? Amen? Truth and love. Church needs to rediscover that. I still believe God wants to bring healing in our nation. Amen? I'm going to say it again, and maybe more will get with us today. I still believe God's able to heal the United States of America today with the deep divisions that are there, with the tensions, with the cultural. 
But what the enemy wants to do to Christians, I want you to understand, the enemy wants to use your anger to destroy your influence. He wants you to be so angry. And I've seen them, angry Christians. They're so mad about what's going on in the world today that they've lost any joy in Jesus Christ. The most effective Christian is not going to be banging on desk in anger. They're going to be loving people with an extravagant love. and They're going to be demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit in our world. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. Jesus was angry for the right cause. You make sure your cause is aligned with what this book says. You make sure your cause is aligned with the kingdom of God. You stand passionately and boldly. I'm angry today. I'm angry that so many of our children are being destroyed by drugs. I'm angry. I tell you what, I know the answer, and it's Jesus Christ. I'm angry today that so many in our world today want to poison the minds of our children with this relative truth that has no basis in reality. It says, whatever you want to believe, whatever I want to believe, it's okay. They want to shape the minds of a generation in the United States. When the Bible said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm angry today that we're treating the lives of unborn children as refuse to be discarded at our own convenience. The truth will set you free. Jesus had a cause for the kingdom, and he stood up for it. I'm angry. But I won't let anger... Take away the deep peace and the joy that's inside of me and the love that Jesus has for people that don't agree with what I just said. Amen? Amen. Jesus was angry for the right cause. Secondly, Jesus was angry at the right things. He was angry, first of all, that, uh, and, and this is powerful to me, he was angry, and he's always angry when people are mistreated. That made Jesus angry. Matthew 21, 12, it says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. Here's what was happening. It's at Passover. This is about five days before Jesus is about to be crucified. Passover was the great high festival in Jerusalem when Jews came from all over the world to celebrate the deliverance from Egypt when God passed over them in judgment and set them free from Egyptian bondage. Wonderful time. So Jews are coming in from all over the place, and they were coming in to the temple, and at the temple they had to do a couple things. They had to pay regularly a temple tax, and they also had to make a sacrifice, and the sacrifice was often doves. So some smart businessman thought, there's a need, so let's create a business to meet that need. How many know business is a wonderful and a good and a, and a great thing? Four of us know business is a good thing. Four of us are actually in business today, Right? rest of us just hanging out, all right? Uh, how many know business is a good thing? And a business that meets the legitimate need is a good thing and a wonderful thing and ought to be applauded and ought to be celebrated. And when anybody's successful at business, they ought to be applauded and be, se- and be celebrated as well. Amen. Amen. Not hated because they're successful. So, These guys created a business to meet a need. Here's the first need. People coming in from all over the world, and they needed to change their money into the proper currency in order to pay their temple tax. 
So God said, okay, we will we'll change money for people. Legit business. If you've ever traveled to foreign countries, I have many times. One of the things you want to do, uh, used to want to do even more than now, is you wanted to go ahead and change your American dollars into local currency. And if you understand how that works, they don't do that for free. They charge you a little fee for doing that. So you pay a little more to get your money changed, and that's okay. It's a legitimate business. The other guys had a great idea. They said, well, people are going to come to the temple. They're going to need doves for their sacrifice to present to God as an offering. So we will sell doves here, and uh, the people can just buy their doves. And that's a legitimate business, too. You don't want to show up to Jerusalem for far away with your dove in a cage. You certainly don't want to go have to find one somewhere. So they made it very convenient. You could just show up and purchase your dove and change your money. Legitimate, wonderful business. And let me tell you, Jesus is not upset about doing legitimate business. Here's the rub. The money changers were charging people an exorbitant rate. And they were selling doves that should have cost, in our idea, about $4. They were selling them for $75. And that's mistreating people. You ever been to an amusement park where they kind of had you held captive and they could sell you a Coke for $8? That's just wrong in my opinion. I'll just go to the water fountain. I like to go watch a movie from time to time and I'm always tempted to carry in my popcorn. So I'm like, you know what that would cost? But I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the system. I'm going to buy the biggest bucket of popcorn they have. You know, the, y'all know what I'm talking about? You know the big one that you can get a refill on? It's like $17. And let me just tell you something. I'm getting a refill. And I'm eating it all. And I'm getting sick. Have you ever eaten two buckets of popcorn? Anybody other than me, two buckets. You know how you feel after two buckets of popcorn? You're sick, but you got your money's worth, bless God. <laughs> just pour that butter in, I'm telling you. That's just, ooh. $17, I'm eating that. But they got you, so you pay it. That's what was going on here. And it really upset Jesus because poor people were being exploited They were being treated unfairly. And I'm going to just tell you, a lot of what drives evil in our country and evil all around the world is greed. Of people who charge more than they should and don't treat people fairly. Let me tell you, it's not just a home problem, it's around the world. Greed and corruption around the world keep people poor and homeless and destitute. Jesus did not like it when people were mistreated. And he said no. Secondly, and I'm going to quit here sometime, someday. uh, Jesus is angry when God is misrepresented. He wasn't just upset about the price they were charging. He was also upset about the place they were doing it in. And I want you to understand this. Now, hear me. I don't think there's anything wrong. You may think that, and it's okay. You can think that. I don't think there would be anything wrong. I was in a church recently. They had a bookstore out in the lobby selling good Christian books. don't think there's a thing in the world wrong with that. I was in a church recently. had a coffee shop, and they sell coffee. By the way, you get it free here at Upward. You're welcome. You're welcome. 
You drink that coffee. Don't you complain about it. It's free. I come up to him and I go, I hate these coffee cups. I'm like, well, throw it away. It's free. I don't think there's a thing wrong with the church having a coffee shop. To me, there's not a thing in the world wrong with having a legitimate business that serves people. But the reason he was upset about this place is they were doing this in an area. This was in Herod's temple. Solomon built the original Jewish temple, and it was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament. You can read that. Nebuchadnezzar from the Old Testament destroyed Solomon's beautiful temple. Herod had rebuilt the Jews this temple that was kind of like a really toned-down version. It was nowhere near the glory of Solomon's temple. But in it, there was a thing called the Court of the Gentiles. And that was a place where non-Jewish people could get close to the worship of God and could come in there. And they had set up shop in the very place where people that were far from God could come and worship God. What God is saying like this, and he's saying it to the church, don't clutter up the places for people that are far from God to come to know me. Am I making sense there? I know it's rather symbolic and rather spiritual, but God does not want the church to get so cluttered up becoming a business that we forget that our reason for existing is for people that are far from God. If we ever get caught up in just the dollars and cents and the numbers and the stats and the percentage growth and all that, and this just turns into a business, understand, it's always going to have a business aspect. There's business that has to be done. There's numbers that have to be counted. But if we ever lose sight of our mission, he said, my house is to be called a house of prayer for all nations. You're stealing from people right here in the place designed to reach out to the world. Now, two things, and I'm going to close. What should we resolve to do? Number one, I'm going to treat people fairly. This means if you own a business, I'm going to start meddling now in case you didn't see this, all right? If you didn't see it coming, I'm going to meddle right now. If you own a business or in, an, or in a position of influence, and I know many of you are, many of you watching online are, I'll tell you what, treat your employees like human beings. Treat them like family. And treat them fairly. You pay them a fair wage. Can I get an amen out there? I hope it's owners and employees. So amen. You pay them fairly. And then your customers, they are your business. Give them fair value for a fair price. Don't stick it to them. Don't scrimp on something. Now, I hope the Holy Spirit's convicting somebody here this morning. I really do. I hope somebody here this morning is getting convicted and saying, I am not going to shortchange my customers. I'm going to give them the highest value I can for the right cost. I'm waiting on a couple amens here, but uh, whether you say amen or not, I'm going to finish. So, You ever been to a place and you just feel like you got cheated? You're not going back. 
You ever work for somebody who doesn't treat you fairly? You don't want that. Now, I've preached this kind of stuff before, and people come to me and said, Preacher, you couldn't run a business. And I always say to them, I know this ain't a business, it's a church. There's a lot of business principles at work in it. Let me tell you how we've grown. We treat our staff so well. They're like family. We pay them well. When you look at national averages for staff, I I did not mean to say this, but here goes. (laughs) We make sure our staff is at and above national averages for their position in our region. We take care of them. We celebrate that. Amen. And we give till it hurts. And you know what God's done in our body since then? We have grown tremendously. Attendance, finances, and everything else. You run a business according to God's principles, and God's going to place his hand smack on it. I know that's very southern. Smack on it. But I am southern. God's going to put his hand on it, and you're going to see things happen that you never knew could happen before. You treat people fairly, and you give your customers the value they deserve. And then secondly and lastly, can I just stop and say this too? I got to say it. Don't want to say it. You ever been around a person? I don't want you to be this person. You ever been around a person that when they're buying something, they want to squeeze every penny out of you? How low can you go? But when they sell their stuff, they want top dollar. Jesus ain't in that. My grammar has been terrible today. Please forgive me. But Jesus ain't in that. Give, and it shall be given to you. Okay, moving on to the next point. I've meddled enough. Treat people fairly, and lastly, Represent God faithfully. I've come to understand I represent Jesus. Years ago, in our old church over on Washington Street, there was a little door over here and a stairwell, and people would often come in over here. And I remember one day, somebody was coming in late, and I was up in the pulpit, and they came down here with their kids, and they walked by, and I heard the kids say over here, I hear God talking. Don't put that on me, no. But you know what? That's how people see you. You represent something. I'm just upward Christian fellowship. That's the when 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 we all go to heaven, nobody's gonna be saying upward. That's all gonna be gone. You know, this building's gonna be gone. All this stuff's gonna be gone. When we go to heaven, nobody's gonna be upward Christian fellowship. Yeah, no. It's all gonna be Jesus. We're representing Him. Let's just do it well. You say, I'm not perfect. You know, you can represent Him when you're not perfect. That's when you show His grace the most. You fall down and you get up. Let's represent Him well. Here's what I've been saying to Jesus again and again. I've been saying, Jesus, if there's any tables at Upward 
you want to flip. Flip them. Could we just invite Jesus to flip some tables in our church if he wants to? There's anything we're doing unknowingly that's misrepresenting God. God, just flip that table over. Let's make it personal. Jesus, if there's anything in my heart, any table in here that you want to flip over, flip it over. Because I want to represent you. I don't have an eternity on this earth. I've got an eternity in heaven. It's coming. But I've got a few years left here. What? Maybe, maybe I've got 40 years left down here. I want to represent him well. Flip over any table in my life that you want to. Would you bow with me today? Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we've enjoyed your word this morning and enjoyed worshiping you, God, just lifting you up. And if we, as we've lifted you up, we've been lifted up this morning. And Jesus, I just ask you to do the work that none of us can do by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. With heads bowed and eyes closed, just wonder how many across the congregation would say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. We're not embarrassing anybody. I promise you, we won't embarrass you. But how many just lift a hand right now and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus Christ. I want to give my life to him today. Can I see your hand real quick? Real quick. Come on. Amen. Awesome. 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 Can we celebrate that hand? Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Another hand. Awesome. Awesome. See you. Love you. Awesome. Yep. Saying yes to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Now, how many to say this? It's okay. It's okay if you have to admit this, but I want you to be bold enough to do it. Pastor, I've kind of been that person and maybe squeezed the dollar too hard. I want to make sure I treat people fairly, and I want to make sure I give the value to people that, that's fair. Pray for me. Then I can open my heart and be a generous person. Can I see your hands right now? I see them. I see them. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Go ahead and raise that hand. That hand is a heart change. Awesome. Awesome. Celebrate these folks. Can we give them a hand this morning? That's awesome. Now, last one. Last one, we're going to quit. How many, just honestly, you don't have to raise your hand for this. In fact, if you don't mean it, don't raise your hand. But if you're here and say, I honestly want to invite Jesus to flip over any tables in my life he wants to flip. I'm just saying it now, and I'm raising my hand now. Jesus, any tables need to be flipped, flip them right now, Jesus. Amen. Raise them up high. Raise them up high. Can I see them? Yep, yep. Awesome, awesome. All over the building. Jesus flipping tables it upward this morning. Isn't that, isn't that great? <laughs> we want to pray right now with those saying yes to Christ. We just want you to pray this with us. It's not a magic potion at all. It's just opening your heart to Jesus Christ. Jesus, pray it with me. Jesus, thank you for loving me, for dying for my sin. I turn to you, turn away from my past, lay down my sin, and I come to you. And I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. From this day forward, you are in charge. And I follow you. I say yes to you from this day forward. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Can we celebrate that this morning? Awesome, awesome. Don't you love that two of our staff pastors were raised in this church? Isn't that awesome? And John's one of them. Love that. Hey, sit down just a second, if you will. You're like, he's talking again. Oh, Lord, we were ready to go. I'm sorry. 
three exciting things that are coming up. I'm excited about it, and I know you will be too. Starting tomorrow, Cooper Construction will be in the building in a big way. We're remodeling all the bathrooms starting tomorrow. When, amen. When this is done, we will have double the bathrooms. And I'm just going to say to the ladies here this morning, you're going to be spoiled. I have looked at the plans. The ladies' bathroom is like this. And the guys is like what it always is. All of them are going to be beautiful. We're completely remodeling our bathrooms. They're going to be so wonderful and so plentiful. Have I said enough about that? But let me tell you, for a few months, we're going to have a mess so you understand construction mess. So for the next few months, uh, the guys, guys, we're going to go to the bathroom upstairs. We're looking at some options to have some extra ones, maybe outside. Ladies, you'll stay with the same bathroom for the next couple of months. Then you will have your new bathroom first, ladies. Your new bathroom will open first. So uh, bathrooms are an issue. They will be here. And, uh, but guys, you're going to have to go upstairs for the next couple of months and you're going to see some mess in the hallway. So please excuse that mess, but it is progress and we're excited about it. Two tremendous staff changes at Upward that we're so excited about. Your finances are so well managed. What you give to the Lord is managed down to the penny in such a faithful way. Bonnie London's our operations director. Shirley Simmons has been working with us as our office manager and business manager for the last 10 years and done a tremendous job. She's going to retire in June of this year, and we're going to celebrate Shirley really right then after 10 years of service at Upward. But we have hired a wonderful person who's been at Upward longer than I has. I have. My grammar is just going to be terrible all day long. Uh, wonderful person. Been here longer than I have. She's probably been here 30 years or more with incredible integrity and ability in this department. So I want to introduce to you our new financial administrative assistant, Brenda Fletcher, and her husband, Jerry. Love y'all. Love you. 40 years. She's been here 40 years. She was just a teenager when she started. I was. <laughs> Brenda, we love you so much. You want to say anything? No, you don't want to say anything. I'm not going to ask Jerry. Jerry would like to make an announcement. Jerry would like you to pick up all your trash as you leave the building today. And no running in church. Jerry would like to say those two things. Jerry works for us already, keeping this building in sparkling condition. Let's give him a hand, too. Love him. Love y'all. Thank you so much. One more good thing to tell you. We have a new pastor at Upward Christian Fellowship. We have a new staff pastor. We're so excited about uh, this new family that is a part of our church, been a part of our church for uh, many, many months now. But we've hired a new position and created a brand new position that a lot of places don't have. And we're really excited to announce, first of all, a new position. We have a full-time pastor of community impact. So the full-time job will be outside of this place. His job will not be just getting people into this building. It'll be getting the people in this building out of this building, getting finances out of this building, getting service out of this building. He'll be over our strategic ministry partners. We have 25 or more in the community. He'll be over our missions trips, which we're looking and excited to start again. He'll be helping and assisting our missionaries. Uh, he will be over the blessed strategy of reaching our neighbors. He will be over serve days and everything outside the building, serving our community and our world. He's going to be leading. So I'm excited to announce a new pastor of Community Impact, Pastor Alex Arias and his wife Yami. Their three children, Junior, Rebecca, and DJ. Would you give Pastor Alex and his family a big hand of appreciation? Love you, brother. 
Love this family so much. They came to us from New York to Florida to here. One of the key great things I love about Alex, too, he was formerly employed by the New York Yankees. Alex, you want to say anything? Go Yankees. Good, good. Way to tick them off and win points, man. That's exactly how it should be done. Love y'all so much. Thank y'all. We're so glad to have y'all here. Amen. Love you very much. Excited about the future. Uh, We've got a bright future at Upward. We're going to be impacting the community like we never have before. If it, oh, again, bad grammar. You ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing yet to what God's going to do as we reach out for him. Would you stand? I want to bless you and let you go. Sorry to have held you a little longer than normal today, but exciting stuff. I just want to bless you right now. As I was praying Thursday night over blessing you, it just felt like the right, I, I just could see people that are walking through the maze of life. Are you, are you doing that, anybody? You're just walking through the maze of life. And there are twists and there are turns through the maze of life. And I, I just saw a picture of people turning and twisting through a maze in a, in a good way in a good destination, towards a good destination, but there were a lot of twists and turns. And here's the blessing. Would you just lift your hands if you want to receive this this morning. You serve a God that goes ahead of you in the maze. And through every twist and turn, He's ahead of you. And here's what you're called to do. Keep your hand in His hand and just stay with Him. And He's going to lead you through the maze, through the complexities He's already there. Your job is not to figure out the path. So just breathe deep right now. Can you just say, oh, that's good. Breathe that out right now. It's not my job to figure all this out. My job is to follow Him. That's your blessing this morning. And oh, what a relief it is. We just have to follow Him. I bless you with that. Now I commission you. Get out of here. And take Jesus with you everywhere you go. Serve somebody, love somebody. See y'all next week. Love you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.